Hi, I'm Laura Brady, CEO of Concierge Auctions. And hi, I'm Chad Roffers, Chairman of Concierge Auctions. And this is Block Talk. We have two guests, Billy and Lourdes, today, who we will be introing. Today, we're going to be talking about the state of the market on the East Coast of the United States. So we're excited to fill you in on some of our personal experience recently and what we've been hearing and seeing in the marketplace, as well as answering questions and receiving feedback from all of you who are attending. So we're excited to have everyone on. And as we jump into that, just wanted to tell you a little bit about concierge auctions for those of you who aren't familiar with us prior to today. We are a luxury real estate auction platform. We work alongside luxury real estate agents and buyers and sellers of high-end properties around the world. We've been in business for over 12 years and have transacted over two and a half billion in sales across 29 countries and 40 states. We're excited to showcase this one region, uh, the East Coast, of course, where we do a good deal of business, but we also enjoy keeping a pulse on how clients are transacting in their global purchases and sales. So our platform is a digital bidding platform. Anyone who's interested in participating in any of our auctions can bid through our online website or our app and place bids if you are an approved bidder for that property. It's a 24 seven bidding platform. In short, we're an accelerated sales solution to partner with real estate agents and sellers, expose properties globally and create a market to generate the highest price. Chad, do you want to touch on our connections within the brokerage industry? Certainly, our two panelists or guests today are, are prime examples of you know, our view that we are, first and foremost, a broker-friendly platform. And what that means is, is that we've actually never uh, conducted the sale of a single property without partnering with you know, a top-tier local listing agent and broker. And the reason is really simple. You know, we certainly bring a tremendous amount of reach to any given assignment that we take on. But real estate's a local, you know, is location, location, location business, and it's a relationship business. And we know when we partner with top agents, you know, their relationships with the community, other brokers, you know, in conjunction with the power of our platform, you know, really helps our sellers accomplish, um, you know, and, and yield the best possible outcome. It's something we feel strongly about. Laura and I spent 10 years in the luxury brokerage space before founding this business. So we we respect the, the, the trade and recognize the power of it. And, you know, we're really fortunate to have, you know, the relationships that we do have. So as it relates to Billy and Lourdes, they have both been involved with us and our platform for quite a while and our preferred advisors on our agent advisory board. So we're thrilled to have both Billy and Lourdes. For those who may not know the two of them, I'll give you just a little bit of background so that you can see the expertise that they are speaking from as we talk today. So Billy is the founder of Nash Luxury with Illustrated Properties. It's the largest privately held brokerage in Florida. So Billy's been in business for almost 25 years and was voted the top realtor in Palm Beach County in January 2020. So as well as being picked in the top 1% of realtors across the country. So congrats, Billy. And we're excited to hear your input today. Lourdes is with the Miami market of England Volkers and also has numerous accolades. <laughs> One of them being that last year she transacted over a million dollars in closed sales. 100 million. And 
Over 100 million, sorry, of course, one of the top 250 real estate professionals in the US. So a lot of really great insight that I'm certain that we'll get from the two of you today. And we're just honored that you take this time with us to help share your expertise with everyone on the line. I think 140 million, right, Lourdes, to be precise? To be precise. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're too modest. <laughs> yes, I have over 100 million in sales, 140. Let's be more specific. Okay, yeah. cool. So a few questions that we have that we're going to dig into today, but they're kind of broad questions that will just help us guide a discussion that we'll just see where it goes. Specifically, the first question, we wanted to just talk about what's happening on the East Coast. And while the two of you are physically right now in Florida, I know you transact with a lot of clients that are all over the world and all up the Northeast as well. We're working with Billy right now on a property in New Jersey. We want to talk about Florida, but we also want to talk about the entire East Coast today. Billy, what are you seeing most recently? You know, I spent 23 years as a private banker in New York City, so I have a lot of great relationships in the tri-state area. And we've always had, you know, in the last, I've been in the real estate business for just about five years now. Of course, we always have that, that draw uh, to the, you know, to the Florida market for tax purposes. We have a beautiful climate. We have beautiful properties. But I really noticed, you know, in the last, you know, four months, this markets that have been relatively flat have just come on so strong in the last 90 days. You know, just our, our, our Spring Lake auction that we're launching next week. It's actually been launched, but it goes live on Monday. Um, you know, the auction starts. I mean, that's a property it was getting very little exposure. It's beautiful. It's brand new. Uh, we brought it to concierge to run the process. And we've had just an amazing, amazing outpouring of buyers and the fields lining up for Monday for this, you know, for the auction launch. But I have friends that are in New Jersey, Connecticut, you know, that have properties that were sitting and sitting and sitting. Once, you know, uh, the mandate of, you know, staying at home was kind of loosened up. We've seen what's happening in New York City. You know, these markets are just on fire. Inventory is getting gobbled up. And uh, we haven't seen this in three or four years. You know, I'll, I'll just chi chime in, too. And I'm certain I know, Lourdes, you, you just spent, you know, considerable amount of time in the Hamptons. Just, you know, so you've got some insight into what's happening there. I agree. I mean, New first of all, New York City is its own animal, right, that I think we need to set aside for a minute because I think the level of uncertainty there is unprecedented. Um, you know, we've got a very deep pipeline and it's really tough to, you know, in, the, in that market in particular, and it's really tough to, to get a handle on where, where our values um, versus to your point, Billy, in the suburban markets, there's no question, you know, entire tri-state area, there's definitely been, you know, a significant uptick in activity. You know, it's interesting. Um, we are in the middle of a project in Greenwich, Connecticut the Vince Camuto estate, fantastic property on the market for 26 million. You know, we launched about six weeks ago, we've had over 20 qualified showings. So this was a property that's, you know, we're really strict on, on letting people kind of see, if you will. So that's, a you know, that was probably five plus years of showing activity that we were able to generate in the last month. No question you know, there's there's movement in the market. In fact, specifically in Greenwich in 2019, there were six sales above 10 million in Greenwich in, entire, in its entirety. And to give you some context, there's about 50 properties for sale actively on the market in Greenwich and, you know, probably some shadow and pocket inventory of another 15 to 25 properties. So that was like a decade of supply. 
versus in 29 or 2020, excuse me, there have been 15 transactions, closed transactions year to date. So, you know, that's a significant uptick. And this is 10 million plus. However, one thing I'll point out is the, the sale to original list price really isn't budging. So for, for 2020, the properties that have sold in Greenwich above 10 million, they're trading at 76% of original list price, which I think is kind of interesting. It was interesting. It was like 74% last year. So it's improved somewhat, but I definitely think for people who can spend, you know, and I think you got to look at maybe under 5 million, 5 to 10, and then 10 plus, you know, what we're seeing is unless somebody really has a reason that, that they want to be, you know, based in the Northeast because for business or school or family, you know, if you've got 10 or 20 or $30 million to spend, like we're seeing those people go to Florida or elsewhere. Not that they aren't buying in the Northeast, but I think where the sweet spot of the improvement in the tri-state has been, you know, in that five, under 10 million, certainly. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody else has a, a point of view on that. You know, certainly the Hamptons is an exception. It's a great place to escape. It's it's drivable or helicopterable or whatever you want to call it. I agree. I was there for the month of July and it was completely packed. It was everybody was from the city there and people from other places there. It usually is July and August and September, but this time it was even more. And I agree with Shad 100 percent. I think that the people that live in the city are going to Westchester or going to different places, the ones that are not coming to Florida for whatever reason, that they have to stay in New York. And that's where you're going to get more clientele going to that area that wasn't before. And houses were going before much less in Westchester because I have a couple of clients that came in from New York City and had their houses in Westchester and they could not sell them not even for half of what they were asking. And now those houses went up. If they would have waited a couple of more years, they would have gone up. But I do believe that right now, honestly, the best place to buy is New York City because I do believe it's going to come around. A city like New York, it cannot be taken down. It's just that, um, you know, that people want, because of the pandemic, besides other things, come to a place that they could walk, they could breathe. I mean, right now, Florida, especially where I am, Coconut Grove, Miami Beach, the South, even Key West is booming. And of course, Palm Beach. And it's not only New Yorkers, it's Mexicans, it's people from Chicago, it's people from California. Unfortunately, California is getting hit as well. And they have the best uh, temperature ever. But with a couple of things that are going on there, people, taxes is one of their main reasons why people are coming to Florida. I think um, being here all year round, the temperature all year round, we only have a hiccups of a little bit of storms now. This is storm season, but overall, it's a great place to be. It's moving, it's changing, it's getting to be a little bit more cosmopolitan. It's nothing like the big cities, but you have space. And like I've been saying, space is the new luxury. And right now there is, before it was location, location, location. To me right now is location, space, location, space. Certainly in this COVID environment, one market that I was, I would say concerned about, but it was it was an unknown was the high rise market in South Florida. And we know Miami certainly's had, you know, kind of call it a surge of 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 new product that's come online. However, you know, we've just sold property at Museum Tower. We have one going on with Billy right now in the Porsche Tower. Um, we just sold a uh, property in Aventura. We sold something on Singer Island, um, you know, all post COVID. 
And that's an example, I think, too, of, you know, people, um, you know, aren't scared of the quote unquote, you know, high rise, which, not, which not, not at all. Right. No, because regardless if you are, in a, first of all, coming from New York, the majority of the people in the city were living in an apartment. Now, coming to Florida, even if you are living in an apartment, of course, you, the only concern would be the elevator. But yep. once you get down, you're in an open space. You could walk to um, get something to the grocery. You could go here. You could go there. And you have air. And that's one of the biggest, and vitamin D, one of the most crucial things right now that people want. Space, vitamin D. And, you know, um, I truly believe that Florida, doesn't matter if you're in an apartment or if you're in a home. Of course, the houses right now are booming. I just did three sales last in the last three weeks with record numbers. But apartments, I believe, I tell everybody, yes, our houses are out of control, but apartments, I'd rather be here than other places, unfortunately. At the Porsche Tower, you can just take your car right up to your apartment. You don't even have to, right? And it doesn't have to be a Porsche. <laughs> Although it's nice that it is. So one other thing about buying condos, for sure, is also that they're easy to purchase in a COVID environment where there aren't as many showings or you like sight unseen. Chad mentioned the recent four sales that we've had that are high end condos. And we've all had all of them have had a significant number of bidders that had not visited the property physically. And of course, I actually think all, all, all four. It certainly I know two for a fact sold to people who purely bought off of our marketing, you know, all of our digital tours, et cetera. The museum tower property sold to a buyer from Germany. Um, the Aventura property sold to a buyer from Boston who didn't see the property until the final walkthrough before closing. We just went under yeah. contract with a uh, professional hockey player that's in Canada that can't even come to America right now. And he bought it sight unseen. So with condos, of course, you can compare them to other units the building. If there is a brand associated with it, you know that there's always going to be a certain cachet with the building and the amenities, et cetera. So even more so than some of the residences that we sell, much more so. I think it's um, very important to uh, see who the client is, who the buyer is, and to fit him in the right location. Because if they have right now, guidance is everything and knowledge. And if you guide them correctly, you'll have them forever as clients. But if you just sell something for selling and there's so much, so much inventory right now, that's great. Like you said, the houses right now might be a little bit uh, hard, but apartments, there's millions of them in great pieces. I have a penthouse in the Oceana. Absolutely stunning. You have all the privacy in the world. You have a pool upstairs. It's a, you know, they bought it at 17 million. Right now we might get it. I mean, Laura and Chad, you might, but it's an incredible uh, apartment. You have all the amenities you want in your apartment. Well, one thing's for sure, the current, current pandemic has caused a lot of people to have life changes that has prompted to them to either sell their properties and or purchase other properties. So the market, for the most part, is rendering you know strong or fair right now um, is what we're experiencing. And the velocity, at least, Chad, even in, in Greenwich, where there were, you know, a third of the sales last year, there's more this year, and at least we get a better feeling of what values are, because with that elevated inventory and nothing selling last year, it was difficult for buyers to even know where they should start. Um, Actually, you know, it's interesting, and I know, you know, certainly we're, we're obviously talking about the strength of Florida, and I don't want to undersell the Northeast, because I think it, it's definitely improved, but 
I don't think I shared this with you, Billy, but I was at a the New Jersey property we were selling and we had a billionaire client of ours who, you know, we, we, we've known for a long time that came to take a look and he was talking about his son and he said, you know, my son just, just moved to Florida and um, he goes, guess who bought the house? And I was thinking to myself, well, I've got just one of two answers. Either the billionaire dad bought the house. <laughs> so I'm thinking, all right, that's option A or option B. And I guess correctly was the state of New Jersey. And his point was what he's saving in his tax bill. And, and, and I didn't ask how long, but I, I don't think it was more than a year or two. And it was a you know multi-million dollar property in Florida. You know, we certainly don't want to get political here, but we've got elections coming up and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the pendulum swings back a little bit. Well, in terms of more taxes and or, you know, um, kind of rescinding these limitations on local property taxes and the deductibility of state income tax, because I think that, you know, that's really hurt the Northeast, as we know. I think that's going to be something for us to all watch in November, however it turns out. I think there will be, you know implications one way or the other. Yeah. And also interesting in the heading up to the election cycle, because of course there are always people that just kind of sit on their hands and aren't wanting to make a decision in the 60 or 90 days prior to an election. So they're waiting to see the outcome. For, for foreign buyers. And I think you're right, Lord, it's about, you know, New York, um, you know, we're looking at a couple of different, you know, 50, $30 million assets right now and, and considering them, taking them, you know, putting them on our platform this fall. One of the things that, that's been out of the market and, cert- and certainly in South Florida too is, you know, the dollar has been really strong in the last few years and, you know, and, and that trend's reversed. It seems like the trend's going to keep, you know, the, the dollar is going to be weaker. And I think that's going to make it easier for foreign buyers, you know, to come in. And we know that, you know, just like people buy treasuries for stability and security, it'll be interesting to see foreign buyers come into New York or Miami for some of this quality inventory that they can buy at really good prices and on top of it have a, a currency, you know, tailwind that they haven't had the last few years. Yes, definitely. Let's talk a little bit about the experience in the current environment and real-time advice for clients that are navigating through the situation, whether this has to do with, you know, COVID situation and extra tools or processes that you've done that have, have helped along this way, or just what advice do we have to give? I would say for, you know, for our clients, you know, we don't push somebody to buy something or sell something, but in this environment, if you like a property and it makes sense, you got to buy it because if you don't, someone else is going to buy it quick because inventory is so low. So, and we've seen this happen with clients that didn't pull the trigger right away. And then the house is gone 72 hours later. And what I see now is a lot of backup offers. Right now I have a property in uh, Palm Island. The house is on the contract and I have two backup offers at full price. And the problem is that, first of all, if you like it, like Billy says, if that works for you and you're good, go for it. Don't start nickel and diamond because right now Florida is not nickel and diamond. Exactly. It's full price or above. Or or go to the next. I agree. 100%. And we can have an auction and and have multiple offers above list price. Wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) So, and probably just as in any market. I mean, y'all know we do a lot of research around how days on market affects price and properties typically sell very quickly right after they come out of the gates, like these multiple offer situations we're talking about because they're exciting, they're fresh merchandise, or if they don't sell right out of the gates, then they often 
you know, linger for longer. Um, so what are y'all experiencing with some of the properties, though, that have lingered for a while? And even though the market's super hot, how do we make sure that those get sold? Pricing. Pricing. I think that if it sits there for a long time with the market being so hot and so active, it's it has to do with pricing. Because you could get away with it, a beautiful home with all the um, bells and whistles sell. But other homes that need a little bit of work, people pay top dollar for things that are top, that you just walk in and turn key. People also pay top dollar for location because you can't uh, buy more land. They're not making any more land. So right now you see the market in Star Island is going crazy in all the islands because of land. In Lagos, there's not even one of them in the market right now. And so what happens is right now you just have to know what's going on, knowledge. Um, with us as well, I mean, if we have a seller that uh, you know has unrealistic expectations, we'll just take a pass on working with them. I agree with you. Hey, Billy, do you want to, you know, because I know we have both, you know, buyers and sellers and agents on this call or this video conference. Do you want to talk a little bit about how the, the Porsche Tower listing that you have, how that came about? We don't have to talk about who had the listing. It doesn't matter. But like what mistake sure. did they that you didn't? It was listed for the last couple of years with several different top agents, you know, in South Florida that we would all know the names and uh, one particular agent. Uh, within our company, knows about what I do with concierge auctions, and I specialize in, in, luxury, in the luxury market, and knew that there was an opportunity to potentially work with these clients. And uh, he came to me to help him, you know, get the listing, you know, and talk to the clients about the concierge process. And that's how kind of how that backstory worked out. And you know, we were very straightforward with the, you know, with our new clients. You know, we said, you know, there's there's a lot of inventory in that building, but we're going to get you to the front of the line. And we created the urgency and we'll have a successful sell there. What I think that concierge brings to the table is, number one, the exposure, because you guys are, are great at exposing the property to the maximum. As much as I advertise, I think that you go everywhere. You get to be everybody's face and it, it, it's great advertising. And second, knowing that the seller is going to get their money in 30 days. For a buyer like Billy's that was sitting there for a couple of years without having any action, any contracts, I think the seller knowing that you're going to get your money within 30 days, reasonable. And if it would have been put a price correctly, people lie, numbers don't. And that's the truth about real estate. There's tons of people that promise something that they can deliver. And concierge, I think, delivers it at the end. Not I think. I know delivers it at the end at the right price. You know, my experience, and I've done multiple transactions with concierge on both the buy side and the sell side, the database that they've accumulated over the last 10 years is so powerful, not only from a global reach standpoint of all the marketing that they do on behalf of our clients, our sellers, everywhere that's transacted with them in the last 10 years, people that are on, you know, that, that are on their social media. These are ultra high net worth individuals that buy real assets. And that to me is very powerful. That's a very powerful value proposition for my clients. I agree with you. Give them everything. And why do you give them the reach that unfortunately we do give a reach, but not to the extent you guys do. And that's why right now I do have two of them that I want, you know, the client to go ahead and do it because I think that's where it's going to sell, especially when a building has a lot of inventory. You guys have all the potential in the world to do it. Well, thank you. Well, I actually have a couple slides of some of our upcoming sales that we could touch on a little bit as we continue the discussion, if that's cool. We're working with Billy on some and have commentary too. 
So we have one that's coming up in near Fort Lauderdale next week, as well as the one in Jersey Shore that Billy brought up and one near Washington, D.C. Then again, Miami Beach and Fort Lauderdale. So a lot of East sales coming up within the next week and two. So first off, this one, Pompano Beach. I can speak to this. This is a great opportunity. This is basically it basically where it, on the Hillsborough Inlet in between Pompano and Hills, the Hillsborough Mile. There's an enclave of townhomes. This is direct oceanfront, turnkey, furnished, uh, private pool. You can see the beach in the background through the pictures. And this is a great opportunity for somebody who maybe wants no maintenance or low maintenance, but doesn't want to be in a high rise, right? But doesn't want the maintenance of a house. So this is an amazing opportunity. This is, like I said, going to auction. Previously at 2395, I spoke to the previous listing agent. I asked him what he'd pay for it. He said 1.9. And I know we're going to auction and I think the bidding is going to start, you know, maybe in like the one, four, one, five range. So this is a great opportunity for somebody who wants turnkey, low maintenance, non-high rise living. Like that's, that's what this one's all about. Great property. We're working with Todd Kirkpatrick at Whitaker Realty on this one. And then the next one, Billy, you want to give just a little bit of detail about the New Jersey property? Sure. sure. This is a, a spectacular home on the Jersey shore in Spring Lake, New Jersey, which is one of the nicest towns in you know, the whole, whole state. It's a um, uh, brand new build, new construction, highest quality, a little bit over 8,700 square feet, I think, Chad, right around 8,000. Yeah. You can see it's right, right along the ocean here. And this is a property that they tried to sell for a year and a half and uh, no bites. It was on the market for $9 million. And I got the phone call from someone in New Jersey that I have a relationship with that said, help me sell this property. And I said, okay, fine. And uh, we're in the process now of launching this on Monday. So next week, so this it, property. I just, I just looked it up. How many showings do you think we've had in the last five weeks on this? They've had more showings than they probably had in the entire town in the last yeah. 30 days. I just looked. I, was, I, I, literally, I thought I literally. Like, I mean, 163. 160 showings. So 163. pretty good. I think, you know, we'll have five to maybe 10 bidders on this. This is going to be a competitive one. It's a brand it's brand new construction, by the way. So just emphasize that it, it's spectacular. The architect was the, you know, architect and GC or, you know, builder. We have a 3D walkthrough. It just go to 10 Lorraine on concierge website. We have a 3D walkthrough to yeah. see the property Matterport. And the house is beautiful. It's off the charts. And this is a good example, just kind of talking about the, the Northeast again for a second about like kind of the trends. But, you know, historically, the Jersey Shore is a summer kind of kind of place, right? People, you know, whether in the city or maybe even in Philadelphia or some of the urban areas, you know, they have a shore place. But Spring Lake is turning into a year round town that's being propelled by, you know, what's happened, you know, with COVID and, you know, people who don't want to be in the city right now or, you know, their lifestyles are changing or whatever. And so, you know, I think that's the reason why we've had 163 showings is you had, you know, you've got the the market of people who are seasonal buyers. You know, it's interesting. I was I was at the preview event there. In addition to the the billionaire client of ours, the project manager says, oh, that's a, a past seller of ours. We sold a property for them in North Carolina last year. Um, they live in Florida now full time, but they own a property, another property in Spring Lake, and they're going to be bidding on this. The privacy, a house and then the water. I mean, that for eight million, this this property, honestly, in a couple of years from now, is going to be closer to 20. Yeah, it's great property. It really yeah. is. 
continuing about the trends that are going on right now that we're seeing all over the place. This one, Washington, it's 45 minutes from Washington, actually, with a Virginia address. It has a lot of square footage over 10,000 square feet and is on 12 acres. So this is one that when we brought it on, it was, you know, perfectly fit that client that wants to just be a little farther away from the city and have more space in, you know, pandemic environment, reminding you of being able to have all your amenities right at home. So this one, I think is, of course, these are all great opportunities, but again, another no reserve sale. One thing I'll point out about that before we go to to Miami, you hear this a lot on the business news when they're talking about kind of trends, but you know, what COVID's done is sped up what was going to happen over the next three to five years. It's just kind of speeding everything up. One interesting thing about our seller in this case, you know, high net worth individual, she's, you know, selling because I think she's got getting remarried or got remarried and wants to spend more time in the West Coast with her new spouse. Traditionally, a property like this could take three to five years to sell because it's just, it's unique and it's, it's, you know, not in an urban area and, you know, getting her result that she wants in 30 days, right, is, is just, it's, it's smart. And, and I think that's another trend that we're seeing is people are making moves. I've got another client with a Hawaii property that we have another client with a stellar Hawaii property who lives on the East Coast. And, you know, they're selling it because they decided they want to be closer to their family in Texas. You know, they don't want to wait. They, they want to get on with it. And I think that's also, I think, a trend for all of us. We see that people want speed, right? They're making up their mind. They're making their moves. And, you know, we can help them, all of us. You know, I think that's the point is to help these clients get to where they want to get as fast as we can get them there. So the the trend of, we've touched on the Porsche Tower, but the trend of being able to easily purchase properties that are in towers like this and that we know well, we've sold other properties in Porsche Tower. So we're excited that Billy brought this one to us and are working on it again. Um, so for any bidders- And, that, and, that, that and that's, last, being sold, that's being sold fully furnished, turnkey, ready to go. So all you gotta do is wire the money and we'll throw you the keys. Easy enough. <laughs> Like that. <laughs> yep. And that's a, it's a cool, it's a two-story unit, awesome views, professionally designed. It's not furnished with Ikea furniture, right? It's, it's incredibly well done. You know, I think the furniture package alone was like three quarters of a mil. Billy, what was this originally offered for back over, when? Over 5 million. Yeah. So there's a deal here. Yeah. Over five. And what do we think the trading range is? Threes. Yeah. yeah. Right. You so know, I, mean, I mean, that's the realistic number, which I yeah. explained to the clients, you know, yep. they know uh, that you know, high threes four. you know, it, it's going to yep. trade. But, uh, you know, they've gotten to the point where they're done. I mean, it's, yep. you know, how long are you going to continue? You know, execute the trade. We're yep. out and we're going to help you get there. The carrying costs, you know, the maintenance are really high. And in that push tower, the beach is the best. That side of um, the area. I love the beach because you can really go in it. There's a lot of places where you can go into the beach, but I think that that's great. And, and if you go to Concierge's website, if you go to the website and you, you click on this particular deal, uh, the video that we shot there is stunning. I, I would say you know, one other thing, Lourdes just you know said something that's like really insightful, which is about like the location here and the lifestyle. But I think the moral of the story here is for all buyers today, like don't, unless you're a developer by you know, professionally, don't speculate. Like, you know, but if you're a user, like you want to spend six months in a day in Florida a year to not pay the state, great state of New Jersey, whatever, what's the state income tax, 13% or whatever it is, 
right? Like that's, you know, what you want to do and, and, and live in a beautiful place, you know, buy for, you know, something that's going to work for your lifestyle. Lourdes is right. Long-term there's going to be appreciation, right? Don't buy this to think you're going to flip it in six months. Like that's the wrong, my opinion, that's the wrong attitude. Buy this and say, I'm going to enjoy this for the next three to seven years. And you're probably going to make money. That's the advice I give clients all the time. It's like, if you're using it and you're enjoying it, then great. But if you're not using it and not enjoying it, redeploy the capital either to you know something else. I think also people don't value their time as much as they should. And forget about just the value of their time itself. And we all know life's short, but the time value of money sitting there versus, is, you know, if you're using it, great. But if you're not, there's other places to put that money to work. That's why I think auctions are really good because you could get your money out right away and invest it somewhere else where your money is going to make all the money instead of waiting for the right number of price. Some you could, but the majority of the time, instead of waiting for that, you get that money and you invest it somewhere else and you make up the difference that you lost when you sold it. It's just a reallocation of your assets. People get hung up on a property. They get hung up. They fall in love with it. They get emotional. You know, I come from a world where we managed, you know, billions of dollars in assets and a client would cut a losing stock or a losing bond like that. So at the end of the day, real estate is just moving around the balance sheet. That's all, you know, free it up and invest it in something else. Yeah. One of the other trends that hasn't come up between us, but we've, we've seen a lot is this kind of notion of generational living, which I think comes into play with this property that we're selling in Fort Lauderdale because it has a separate two bedroom apartment. So not just a casita, Mm -hmm. but you know, we're seeing more clients that are looking into wanting to have their parents move in with them. Chad, you mentioned a client purchasing for his family. I talked to another one of our salespeople this morning that was saying that they have a prospect that is buying a house for his children to have a house that's right near his. This concept, you know, definitely can work for this one we have coming up in Fort Lauderdale. This one's listed with Cap Flanagan, Robert Slack. And just like all the others that we have on our site, there's a 3D tour available, <clears throat> brochure. So as we talk about kind of giving, you know, other tips and tricks for selling in this quarantine, somewhat quarantined world, definitely being able to go on and have as much experience as you can online and then having agents, Billy or Lourdes, whomever you're working with, go to the property and give virtual views. We've had a lot of that too. I assume you all have been doing that, Billy, Billy and Lourdes, walking around with clients, showing them. We just did that with the hockey player a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, cool. Once a month, we're hosting an hour session that is really a deep dive into auction and to become certified to be one of our preferred agent partners. You can go to blocktalknow.com to register for those and get a crash course and be certified. I'm going to stop sharing my screen and just get us talking to some of the questions that we're receiving. Can the panelists comment on when speaking with a potential seller as to the comments of, will I get market value for my property? Or what can I expect about the sales price of their, of their property? David's asking this, like in today's environment, what are you saying when they ask what they'll get for it? We rely on our partners like y'all to you know, give any advice on valuation. Um, but we often speak in a range of price when it comes to auction, right? We don't know where the property is going to end up, just like a few of you have commented on um, about these that are coming up, but likely may be within this range. But Billy, when you're listing a property, say, and evaluating it in today's market. I mean, we try to be as accurate as we can on pricing because at the end of the day, if we're, you know, Typically, I mean, it's, 
if a property sitting and then it's overpriced and if the client is unrealistic, we just had a property we were about to put on the market. My gut is saying five and a quarter to five and a half million. This particular, we did a bunch of work for this particular seller. At the end of the day, he said, do not bring me anything under six million. I said, okay, we don't want your listing and we walk away. But, you know, I know that there's pent up demand, but the house is not worth that. So, you know, we, we try to be as accurate as we can with pricing. We sold one last month. We sold it in 48 hours. Client had a listed with somebody else before us. He was overpriced by four or 500,000. We priced it right, got full ask, was under contract in 48 hours. We try to be as accurate as we can from a pricing standpoint. And if someone's 25% above that and they don't want to listen to us, I don't want the listing. I'm a little bit different when it comes to that because I believe right now with what's happening, people are more open to uh, something that wasn't selling before at a certain number. Right now, I think that in myself, and you could give it a try, you could tell the seller, this is the number that I personally, sellers always have a number in their mind because everybody calls them and everybody's a realtor and everybody tells them a number. You tell them their number and you tell them, this is the actual number that we are thinking on, knowing the market, knowing what has sold and knowing what's out there. This is what you can expect. If you want more for your money, if you want more, then don't get upset if it doesn't sell right away. And then there's always a loophole that somebody comes in and falls in love with that one and you sell it, even though it was more pricey than it was. And if it doesn't, we go to concierge. <laughs> Which kind of leads in, the next one was how, what advice do you give to help clients understand if their expectations are set too high? So, I mean, Billy, you said one thing, if their expectations are just too high and can't be overcome, then you move on. You're not, not taking on listings right now that are unrealistic. It's an auction and, and, and we're bringing concierge to the table. The market's going to speak. When the market speaks, you got to listen. Right. So if you have a property that's been sitting for two years, it's obvious that the market has spoken. It's overpriced. The message that I deliver, you know, when working alongside and partnering up with concierge is that, you know, when we put together this field of bidders, they're going to tell you what it's worth. But unfortunately, we right now are in a pandemic where things that we never believed they could sell at that price are selling. Star Island before. I had a house in 44 um, Star Island. You know, Shaq, because I introduced you to the owner. That would not sell for nothing. Right now, there is nothing in Star Island that you cannot, that, you know, stays on the market for less than 15 mil. More than anything, like I said at the beginning, you can't duplicate land. People are coming. They want to live in a certain place. Therefore, that raises the bar. And that's what's happening right now with us. So specific to one of the assignments, the New Jersey property, we mentioned there were 150 plus showings. Question came in, were those all in person? And are they local or are they from all over? I, I, can, I can speak to that. It's been a mix. But those were in-person showings. And we're doing those by appointment, you know, following all of the social distancing, you know, protocol, et cetera. Those are those were in-person showings. Um, where do the buyers come from? You know, pretty typical for what we see in most of our projects. A third to 50 percent of the demand is going to come out of the local market. Now, the local market, our view is regional. So like the Northeast or when we do a project in Florida, the buyer could be looking all the way from Vero Beach to you know, Key Largo. But about a third to 50 percent of the demand came out of that pool. And in that case, that property, another third is coming out of our database. Billy alluded to that earlier. Um, we've amassed a, a pretty formidable database of over 600,000 contacts that, um, you know, like have kind of three common denominators. They like real estate as an asset class 
you know, they have money and they can pull the trigger on a good opportunity when they see it. So that's really kind of the second component of demand. And then the third piece, and Lourdes alluded to this, you know, we, you know, we take in 30 days, we do what may take anywhere from six months to three years. And so we spend all the money at once upfront, you know, on a really high impact marketing campaign, high quality, you know, targeting the right audiences. And so it's the, the key to success is the mix of all three of those. And by the way, it's why we partner with local brokers. Local brokers have relationships and credibility, and we want to partner with that. We don't want to compete with that. We've had a couple of sales, Chad, where the day of the auction, you get a knock on the door and it's the guy that lives a block away. That mm-hmm. For the last year and a half, he didn't come to the table. He knew yeah. the house was for sale. And then all of right. a sudden with his proof of funds and that just happened to us in Houston. You know, we had an auction in Houston, which was a success. House was listed with one of our competitors for about a year. This particular client called because they saw me on a television show. And I said, sure, I can help you. It was a perfect auction candidate. The buyer ended up being a guy that would live the block away. We had a great field of bidders, but he literally came to the auction that morning. And we said, listen, we're not going to cancel the auction. You got to go and bring us proof of funds right now from the bank and we'll let you play. And he did, and he was the highest bidder, and he won. So you just never know. Yeah, never know. I mean, that happens very often, and many of us may think that you know the buyer is not coming out of the local market. Specifically, you know, sellers may that, or the agent if you've exposed it and everybody knew about it before. But of course, the opportunity of the auction reinvigorates interest, um, and also it's the neighbor or a friend of the neighbor. A friend of your next door neighbor may want to live next door to them or in their same neighborhood. Making sure that everybody around you is aware that it's going on is super important. So some other questions about the auction mechanics, uh, the steps to register a bidder for auction, and is the seller obligated to accept the highest bid? So participating in our in one of our auctions is really easy. And I think this is one, if there's a tip for real estate agents on this call, uh, you know, a lot of times... You know, you have relationships outside of your local market. There are times in which, you know, um, the right thing to do is refer that buyer or seller to a a local broker in whatever part of the country. But a lot of times what we see is, you know, a buyer learns about a property that we're selling and or they hear about it from from a broker out of state and that broker introduces them to us. And, you know, that broker can earn a referral fee that's the equivalent of a co broke rather than just a referral fee. So for brokers, I think it's really and and you know, in the type of price points that Lourdes and Billy and most of you on this this call today play in, your buyers have a global purview and they're looking all over the world all the time. And so I think it's really important. But to participate in our auction is really straightforward. Um, you they set a wire deposit of hundred thousand dollars into a third-party escrow account, which is held by Fidelity. The second thing is provide just proof of funds that they're qualified to bid up to whatever level they want to qualify for. And then the third thing is sign the terms and conditions of sale. It's really straightforward. It just basically says if you win the bid, you're going to buy the property, you're going to close in 30 days, and there are no contingencies. So for all the properties we sell, diligence materials are pre-prepared in advance. So buyers need to review the materials in advance so that they're comfortable bidding because if they're a winning bidder, then we're going to ask them or expect them to, to follow through on that. As for sellers, we have two auction formats, reserve and without reserve. A reserve auction format means that there's a published minimum for the property. Occasionally it's unpublished, but 
99% of the time it's published. So everybody knows that the floor for the auction is X. And if the, if the high bid is at or in excess of that floor, the property will sell. Seller is obligated to sell. Alternatively, and especially for some of the harder to value properties, and I would argue for the properties that we sell in the 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 million price point, which is something that we do fairly often, oftentimes there aren't a lot of comparables or may not be comparables. And so the without reserve process is really more effective. That doesn't mean that the seller doesn't have protections. In our without reserve process, at the end of our marketing campaign, there's a bidder registration deadline and we'll present that field of bidders to the seller and the seller then will decide if they want to proceed or not. Also, typically bidders have an, 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 what's called an opening bid incentive, which is a pretty substantial break on fees up to 50% for tendering that starting bid. So we'll present those to the seller. And if the seller says, OK, I want to move forward, then they are obligated to sell the property to the highest bidder. And then on occasion where they don't move forward, then the auction won't open and they'll go back on the market traditionally. But you know our success rate is quite high and, and it's because we have quality properties. We work for sellers that are willing within reason to let the mark, market you know, speak. Our marketing, our database and our partnership with local agents, You know, for most of our sellers, we bring 300 to 500 inquiries, 25 to 50 showings and five to seven bidders. Right. It's hard to argue that that's not what something's worth on a given day. And Chad, for, for you know, for any agents that are on this call or any potential sellers, I'm easy to find. If you want my, you know, you know, you know, my candid opinion on the process offline, I'm really easy to find. Billy Nash in South Florida. Just Google me. I'll toss this one to you, Lourdes. We know that the market is strong right now in your market. What if you have a seller who just isn't ready to list because they're not comfortable listing right now because of uncertainties? This person's asking, what advice would you give them? Don't. I think time is crucial. And I think that if you're going to think too much, you're going to lose. And if you don't know what to do, it's going to be, I mean, first of all, you have to have a, a seller that wants to sell. Because if not, you're going to waste time and it's going to be terrible. But you just have to tell them, you are going to sell now or in six months, it's better to sell now and just get them strong, show them the way and make it happen. Because at the end, if a seller really doesn't want to sell, all the all you've done is in vain. Yeah, that's good. One of our other Asian advisors who we all know, Matt Beal, who's the broker and owner of Hawaii Life, he says that the worst tactic to selling your house is not putting your house on the market or not, not selling if you're not going to list your house, it's clearly it's not going to sell. So, you know, if you know you want to sell it, take the steps and get expert advice and move forward. Predictions. What, what do we think with the pending election, with, you know, COVID lifting up, but then maybe there being another wave? None of us have a crystal ball. And of course, this year has thrown all of us for a loop a number of times, probably when we expected something to go one way and it didn't. <laughs> but we're being asked, what are our predictions? for the next 12 months? Well, I think our predictions are we have to be very cautious about what we do. We have to be very sure where we want to be. And for a long time, you can't think of it just like for, you know, um, six months, one year. You have to think of it right now. Like this is the place I want to raise my kids. This is the place I want to relocate. Or also this is something I want to buy. And I was, I'm not going to make any money for a couple of like New York. I think right now there's a lot of potential in New York. People are running away from them. So things are getting lost. 
I do believe that everybody's coming to Miami. I think that also you have to be numbers. People that are um, that are buying here have to be careful as well, because when they plan to sell their home in 20, you know, not 20, 10 years, um, let's say two years from now, they not, might not get what they purchased it for because right now the market is so high. My kind of medium term outlook, I, I think, is uh, you know, maybe a little polarization right before the election. But then I think this market continues to uh, be strong. Um, I think the key is finding the right assets to purchase, along with pricing, so inventory as well. But with the long bond at 147, uh, the stimulus continuing to pour into the markets, the stock market making all-time highs again. I think we're going into another phase of a bull market, a new bull market. And I think that uh, that will continue. There'll be more wealth created. And I just see, I'm very bullish on the real estate market around the country and on the East Coast. One final question. Does the seller have to pay a fee to concierge in addition to the commission, or is it only the buyer premium, the buyer And before that, I'm going to give my prediction. I don't know very much about very many things. My wife reminds me of my two daughters and my, my esteemed <laughs> partner, Laura, eloquently point out to me. But I do know how to auction real estate and how to sell luxury real estate. If you're a seller or an agent right now and you have a listing that's been on the market for more than 90 days and it hasn't sold, call us because like it's good right now. And it might, to Billy's point, it might get better, but it might get worse. And, you know, like this is saying, like make hay when the sun shines. And right now things are selling and we're doing, Laura pointed this out, we're active in 40 states and 29 countries. The market's good all over. And to Lourdes's point, like get to where you want to be, right? And don't let like trying to sell some piece of real estate that you don't want anymore, keep you from getting to where you want to be. Like get on with it. And, and I think that's, you know, that's my prediction and slash sage advice. In terms of the answering the question about fees, it's very straightforward. We expect a seller to retain or retain a local mm -hmm. listing broker and they're responsible for paying that fee and we get paid by the buyer. So that's the 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 short the short and sweet answer. Um, the other piece is is that you know based on the twenty thirty million dollar investment we've made over the last ten years in our database, we don't have to charge sellers an upfront fee because we're starting with a competitive advantage in terms of just our reach. So I think that's also something that you know is really important for sellers. You know, if we believe in your property. We think you have realistic expectations, like we're ready to spend the money upfront, real money to make sure we bring you the market for your property. Thank you everyone who's joined us. It's been fun. Thank you, Billy and Lourdes for your time and well, great advice. Everyone have a wonderful weekend at Friday afternoon here. So enjoy your time and we'll see you all later. See you guys Thanks soon. Everyone. Bye.